Christmas, of course, is a special time, but, but you do realize that there, at Christmas, there are words that we use at Christmas that we don't use any other time of the year. I know you know that, but have you actually tried to think about it? You know, like the word carol. The word carols, we, that's mainly we use that around Christmas. Manger, nativity, uh, tidings, yuletide, eggnog, partridge. You know, never use partridge except around Christmas for one song, right? But they, they get that in there, the partridge in a pear tree. White elephant gifts, we'll go ahead and bring that back up. Thank God it's only one time a year. But anyway, I'll move on. Santa, it's the only time you hear that. Elves, the Grinch. Maybe some of you uh, husbands would think different that may use the word Grinch. But anyway, I'll move on. Uh, and, and then, of course, hustle and bustle. Seems like that's the word we use at Christmas. Only words you hear at Christmas. But there are some words that we use at Christmas that we can use all year long. And that's what I'm preaching about tonight. I'm piggybacking right off our pastor and just picking up right where he left off. We're preaching about rejoice. 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 We, we know that in the, in the Bible and surrounding the Christmas story, the word, of course, rejoice, the root word of that is joy. And you can't have Christmas without having joy. It's impossible. It's impossible. For behold, I bring to you glad tidings of great which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The wise men, a little bit later, whenever they were looking for the Messiah, in Matthew it says that when they saw the star, they, I need some Bible readers. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with great joy. Joy surrounds Christmas. Rejoicing surrounds Christmas. And, it's, and I know we, we iterate it year after year after year, but at Christmas should be the time when the children of God should be the most vibrant and the most joyous and the most excited. This is our holiday. This is what Jesus did for us. Pastor mentioned it today. You know, he wasn't born on December the 25th. All mothers weren't born on Mother's Day, but we still celebrate Mother's Day, right? So this is our opportunity once a year. We should celebrate him every day, but this is an opportunity where around the world, people will be, when they say Christmas, they say Christ. And so it's an opportunity for us to be excited about Christmas and about rejoicing. So my, my text doesn't come from a Christmas story, but it comes from Philippians chapter four, because there's where we find the words rejoice. Philippians chapter four. Won't be lengthy tonight, but you'll, find, you'll understand. And, and it's again, audience participation tonight. Rejoice, rejoice. Paul writing in, Chapter four of Philippians and verse four says this, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoicing or having joy this time of year. Let me describe to you what, what I feel rejoicing and having joy is all about. Say there's a storm out in the ocean and the waves are violent. On, on the surface, there are winds and turbulent waves. If you had a vessel on the waves and a vessel, a boat that was traveling on the sea during a storm, it would be dangerous 
More than likely, you would probably lose your life or the, sick would, the ship would sink. But if you were traveling in a submarine or you were traveling underwater and you were at depths where the storm couldn't reach you, there's perfect peace, there's perfect calm, even though the storm is right above your head, you travel in perfect peace knowing that you're underneath the storm and the storm cannot touch you because you're at a place where it cannot affect you. So the storm is all around you, but inside there's perfect peace because you are under the storm. I feel that's the way joy is and that's the way rejoicing is. In times of turbulence, in times where storms are all around us, we can have perfect peace. Why? Because when you have joy, you understand that the storms may all, all around, but where you're at, there is perfect peace. Because when your mind is stayed on Jesus, there is perfect peace. Can you say amen to that? Paul writing this, of course you all know this, this is elementary to you, but let me just briefly tell you, he's writing this letter to a church that he loved so much. A very small church, but they were very supportive of, of him. And he was writing this right in the middle of, of a jail cell. And as he's writing this, he's telling them, he's giving them a commandment in verse four. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Isn't that funny? A man in a jail cell in a dark dungeon is telling people on the outside to rejoice. It almost as if the people on the outside are actually in bondage. But yet Paul in the middle of this prison is free in Jesus Christ because he knows where his joy comes from. And he's telling him on the outside, hey, I can rejoice while I'm in here and you can rejoice while you're out there. And so he gives them this word, rejoice. It's, a, it's an eternal and an internal state of mind. And so this word rejoice in the Greek actually means, it's a, a Cairo is the, is the, or kara, C-H-A-R-A is where the Greek word and where it comes from. And I, what I found interesting, the first point I wanna give you tonight about rejoicing is this, rejoice is a salutation. As I was studying this, the uh, people in this time would use this word as a greeting. They would not only use it as a greeting, but they would use it when they would leave a situation or leave a party. So not only was it a hello, but it was also a goodbye. So let me paint it to you this way. Paul says rejoice. So he says when you're getting ready to go into something, rejoice. But when you're getting ready to come out of something, rejoice. It's not only hello, but it's a goodbye. Some of you tonight can rejoice because God has brought you through some things. Can you testify to that? Can I see some hands tonight? God has brought you through some things and that has given you reason to rejoice. And that's easy to rejoice when those times come because you know as well as I do, there are times in your life when you didn't think there is no way I can make it through this. But because of God's mercy and his grace and his power, he brought you through and that gave you reason and cause to rejoice. And so you're here tonight. You have an uplifted hand. It might have been a disease. It might have been a time of mourning. It might have been a sickness. It might have been a marriage that was in shambles. And God brought you through all that and gave you a miracle. And now you're saying, Lord, thank you. I rejoice in the fact that you brought me through it. And some of you are here, but the problem is you don't know. You're about ready to go into some things. But Paul says, regardless if you're coming through it or regardless if you're going to it, you need to rejoice. 
And I know that's hard. That's hard to understand and that's hard for us to think, especially as these times come, these next few weeks come. Our minds and our, and our hearts are going to be filled. We're going to be so busy with things going on and we'll sometimes forget to rejoice and take time to rejoice. God doesn't have to be this good to you. God doesn't have to bless you like he does. Amen. And, if it, and I say this all the time, but I really mean it. If he chooses not to bless me one more time, he's already done enough for me to lift my unworthy hands and rejoice in his name. Amen. It's a salutation. It's a salutation. When he started off the book of Philippians in chapter one, verse four, he told them to rejoice. And now he's ending this book in Philippians chapter four, verse four, and he tells, he's telling them as well to rejoice. He says, whether you're going into something or coming out, your attitude should always be that of rejoicing and have joy. It's not only a salutation, but it also gives security. You say, where's the security at? He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Your security is found in the Lord always. Now, he could have just said, Bruce, he could have just said, rejoice in the Lord. And that would have been sufficient. We could have raised our hand and said, yes, our joy is found, and that's where our source is from, is from the Lord. But he said, rejoice in the Lord always, or always. Why would he say that? Why would Paul mention that word always? Here's why I think he said it. Because the Lord is the only one that we can truly say is always with us. He could, he could have said anybody else, but it wouldn't apply to always. But when he said rejoice in the Lord always, he was saying because the Lord is the only one that can truly define what always means. You know what the word always means? It means perpetually and it means invariably. That means not only is it all the time, but it does not change. <laughs> Who does that sound like to you? That sounds like God. Because when he met with his disciples in Matthew chapter 28, he was giving them instruction. He says, go into all the world, preach into all the nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you. Thank you for now, even to the end of the world. He is with us always. That's why we can have security in the fact that we know no matter where we go, when we wake up in the morning, God is there. When we go through the day, he is there. When we lay our head down at night, he is there. He is always. And that's why we can rejoice because we have that security in the fact that he is always with us. Salvation, excuse me, salutation, security. But thirdly, notice this. It also gives us stability. Stability. The stability comes also in those words, rejoice in the Lord always. Because what that means, rejoicing, rather, what he's trying to say is, when things don't go your way, you should still rejoice. Christianity does not exempt us from life and its challenges. I wish it did. I absolutely wish it did. And, and I know people go through things, and believe me, on, uh, the girls can attest to it, and Calvin Ray can attest to it. Every day of our lives, we get dozens of calls of people. And, and, I, and, and I don't, they, they want prayer, and we pray with them. And it seems like every day they have, they battle the same things over and over again. 
And, and, and here's the issue. They want heaven on earth. They want to be free from all pain, from all suffering, from all struggles. And I think all of us would agree that would be a wonderful life to live. But living for God does not exempt us from going through pain and suffering. Christians still get sick. Christians still wind up in divorce. Christians battle disease. Christians have problems. Christians battle mental health issues. Christians battle depression. Christians battle financial difficulty. Christians battle stuff. And it does not mean that we don't go through those things. But Paul's trying to tell us, regardless of how things are going, we still should rejoice. 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 And see what rejoicing does, rejoicing is a tool that God gives us. Because when you rejoice in spite of all you're going through, the enemy can't tell that you're going through things. You want people to stay out of your business? Rejoice. If you, if you want people to ask you how you're doing, just act like you're just down in the mouth all the time. And act like you're depressed. And I like everything's going, you know, the weight of the world's on you. What you need to do is rejoice. If you're, you know why some of you all make other people nervous and they don't like you because you shout all the time? You know what they do? They look at you and they're, and they're jealous because they feel you, oh, you, they must have an easy life. That's why they're rejoicing. That's why they're praising God. That's why they do it every single service because nothing goes wrong for them. No, I beg to differ. That's why they're rejoicing because they don't want to let the devil know, hey, I may be going through some stuff, but the stuff don't define who I am. Hallelujah, my joy is found in Jesus. Hallelujah, glory to God. Glory to God. He said rejoice in the Lord always. Hallelujah. There's, there's, there's basically three laws of joy in rejoicing. So if rejoicing and joy was based on happiness, that means the only time you would be happy is when something would be happening. Right? So when something happens, that's the only time you're happy. That's law number one. Law number two is, if your joy and rejoicing is based on happiness, then when nothing's happening, that's the only time you're sad. But law number three says this, rejoicing says, I don't care how I'm feeling. <laughs> I'm still gonna lift my hands and I'm still gonna, regardless if nothing's happening or if something's happening, I'm still gonna lift my hand and I'm still gonna praise God. Why? Because, hallelujah, stuff doesn't control our joy and our life doesn't control our joy. Joy should control our life. And rejoicing should control our life. Hallelujah. Rejoicing is greater than happiness. Life will happen to us all, but when we learn to rejoice over the life and the stuff that happens, then we can truly find joy. So, rejoice, rejoice. Finally, I want you to notice this. It's, it's, a, it's a call to action. 
he tells us that when we use this as a word and, and as a way of life, it's a call to action. The word rejoiced, it's that the two letters at the beginning of that. Remember, the joyce is, is the root word is joy. So it says rejoice. That means it's a call to action. That means we can do it every day. <laughs> when we wake up, we should rejoice. If we did it yesterday, today we should rejoice. Tomorrow when we wake up, we should rejoice again. It should cause, we should have joy in our life, which should cause us to have joy. And the more we have joy, the more we want to continue to have joy. It's, a, it's an amazing process. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give thee the desires of thine heart. I've said that over and over again. Almost every year I say that here. We use that as almost like a Christmas list to Santa and to God and say, Lord, if I serve you, I want this, 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 and this. I want this, 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 and this for Christmas. But listen, God doesn't work that way. He says he isn't going to give you what you want. He'll give you the desires. And if you, if you fully trust in the Lord and you rejoice in his name and rejoice in his presence, he'll give you the desire to read your Bible. He'll give you the desire to come to the house of God. He'll give you the desire to praise his holy name. And you'll find out the more you delight yourself in the Lord, you'll just want to delight yourself in the Lord. That's what rejoicing is all about. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to rejoice. Howard, come. I want you to get joy to the world. And we're going to sing joy to the world. Do you understand joy to the world was not a Christmas song? If you research it, joy to the world was not written for specifically for Christmas. But we sing it every year at Christmas. Why? Because joy to the world. Why? The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Let heaven and nature sing. Listen, folks, if we are going to have a Christmas this year, unlike we've ever had before, let me ask you this. Don't worry about what you're going to get at Walmart. Don't worry about what, you, when you're, what you're going to have to eat at your parties. No, let's focus on rejoicing. Let's focus on praising his holy name. And you'll find out the things of this world won't matter as long as you've got joy. Yeah. 